Slightly Above Average Gamers, Way Above Average Podcast. Welcome to the Slightly Above Average Gaming Podcast with your hosts, J007TV and Sub1KD. Alright, welcome, welcome, welcome to the 17th episode of the Slightly Above Average Gaming Podcast. I am Sub1KD, joined as always by my illustrious partner in crime, J007TV. Jay, how you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you? Merry Christmas. Uh, can't complain. Yeah, same to you. We're uh, it is now uh, the twenty second of December, so we are gearing up for the Christmas uh, Christmas holiday, getting uh, getting our ducks in the row, and uh, and and uh, getting some Warzone in. Yeah. So, yeah. How, how's your uh, How's your time been? It's been pretty good. Um, as far as like off game, I am actually off work. I took off um, starting this last Monday. But it's, you know, just like anything else for this time of year, you know, you and I being able to get together and actually record this episode, because for those of you that are listening, you're, you're normally accustomed to getting an episode on Mondays um, after we record them. However, with this one, this Monday being Christmas, uh, we wanted to try to get together uh, and, you know, record this episode and maybe give you all a little Christmas present early and get this thing dropped prior to Christmas. So that's kind of where we're at. As far as the gameplay goes, um, it's been pretty good. I, you know, I've uh, had some pretty high kill games. I've had some pretty good nights, and then I've had some just struggle nights. Man, how about you? Yeah, so another, uh, just another week in the war zone for you, then. Pretty uh, much, yeah. yeah. Same here. You know, it's, I mean, we got we actually got a chance to play yesterday, which was nice. Um, you know, you're two hours ahead of me, and I usually get on later, so it's it's not always doesn't always work out. But um, you know, I had. Uh, I I tied my PR one game and goose egged the next. It is, uh, uh, you know, it is how the Warzone goes. The Warzone giveth and the Warzone taketh away. So, um, but uh, yeah, we had uh, had some good games. Um, been uh, enjoying the holiday mode, which we'll uh, we'll dive into a little bit later. And uh, yeah, just otherwise, really, uh, really kind of enjoying it. I, I'm still enjoying zombies too. Log some uh, log some time in zombies. Log some time um, in the multiplayer event, and uh, just uh, just trying to enjoy everything they've thrown out for uh, for this season. And and they've done a pretty good job. I feel like their last couple um, events. I mean, that Halloween one, which we've covered, that was actually mm-hmm. the event itself. As I mentioned, was incredible. However, leaving it on that long and making everything dark the entire time kind of sucked. But overall, just the event was great. Um, I, you know, last night is the first night I've really gotten to get into playing during this event because I was, when did it come out? Wednesday? Yeah, something like that. Tuesday, Tuesday Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday. So I know I didn't play it Tuesday, but Wednesday uh, I took the night off. So last night was the first night to get to play. And, you know, I'm going to give it another try. I was frustrated the first time I did the Halloween thing too. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, things just didn't go my way very much last night in that event. But, you know, with that being said, um, you know, I feel like I'd be doing a disservice to our audience if I didn't at least, you know, give it a fair try and run through it and be able to talk about it a little bit more in depth. Um, It seems similar with the Christmas trees to other holiday events that we've had in the past where, you know, we, you and I landed on that one Christmas tree. It was crazy because... No one landed with us. It was in the middle of the map, and we were able to just loot, loot, 
loot several boxes in a row, and that was pretty cool. Yep. And then we ran into uh then we then we made a tactical error and it, and it got wild after that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but yeah. So so we're we're well into season one, um, of the Modern Warfare Three era of Warzone. And I will say we have something. We have a great deal of these things that uh, that we haven't had really um, as well as we've had since probably mid Caldera. And, and that, of course, is is patch notes um, and detailed patch notes at that. Um, and that, I think, is something that we have been sorely missing is just the powers that be telling us what's going on and, and what they've got in their head. Um, you know, but we're now on here since it dropped on December 6th. I have one, two, three, four official patch note updates. Um, that's, that's four updates in like a two week span in the middle of the Christmas season. If you remember last year and even the year before with Caldera, it's like, we got an update on the first week of December and we got like one more update. And then that was it until the new year. If you recall. Yeah. You know, it was, it, it was, it was crazy and very frustrating. I think the last two years, um, you know, and, and that's, I mean, listen, Sledgehammer was part of the year before last, and they're part of this year. Last year was almost all Infinity Ward. And I can tell you this year is night and day uh, when it comes to these things from Sledgehammer and Raven. It feels like Raven has a lot more say in how Warzone is being run. And maybe they just needed to work out some bugs for the first couple years and just get it figured out, right? And maybe yeah. they have a system now where, you know, people are doing things that their their studios, you know, shine at or are good at and, you know, those kind of things. But I have to give massive props to Ted Timmons, um, you know, just for the communication from, you know, from Raven on Warzone side of things. But also, you know, Sledgehammer, who, you know, I got to be honest, I wasn't really looking forward to their title. And I am pleasantly surprised with the way they've handled, um, you know, Modern Warfare 3, and just how fast they've jumped on things. So, yeah. you know, we talked about last year in the issue, right? So the RPK broke the damn game for like six, almost eight weeks, it felt like. like It, it, was, was, and, it, was, it, it, was, it was over 100 days. It was 111 days or something like that. Yeah. That it was the, that it was the meta. And yeah. I think, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, you can't have a meta that sits like that especially one as broken as the rpk and the fennec were and 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 have it be well received you know i think where we are right now surprisingly i'm pretty okay with the with the way the guns are balanced right now there seems to be a lot of different options as it should be right you know you and i've talked several times and one of the things i think that we both agree on is we do like variety and, and being able to use whatever weapons we want. I mean, you like to run yeah. broken cheese shit too, you know, <laughs> and we're going to get to that here in a second. But overall, I feel like we're on the same page as far as like just the variety side of things and just being able to, you know, you have X amount of weapons. You should be able yep. to use those things and, and play to the strengths of each weapon and still be able to actually compete. Now, is there still a meta Sure there is, but it's not game-breaking, and you can still compete. For instance, Jigsy, 
He's like, I don't understand how you were able to use the MCW and still kill with it. I am because that's my play style, right? Like, that gun fits my play style. I prefer a little more accuracy over damage. However, I do like to delve into some of the more, you know, higher recoil guns like the AMAX from back in the day. That was a higher skill gun mm -hmm. to use, and I wanted to challenge myself. But, like, being able to use that and compete and... Believe it or not, I'm actually considering looking at building some Modern Warfare 2 loadouts for Warzone just to see how, how they play out, man. Maybe they're maybe they're viable, maybe they're not. So what are you running right now? I am running a kind of a weird meta. It's so I, I'm LMGs on top, and I'm actually running the uh, the Bass B as my secondary. So I kind of go back and forth between the Pouillat 762. And the um, the old uh, um, what uh, Bruin, sixty round mag Bruin, so very nimble. Uh, they 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 feel good surprisingly for an LMG, uh, and uh, and they hit like a truck. So how I haven't you? run the Bruin in this yet. Um, I started running the pull. I'm gonna call it the pulley because I'm not even gonna bother <laughs> trying to pronounce that yet. Um, the chop down. Bass B, I've used that. Um, that's been good. The Interceptor, I've used that mm -hmm. as well. Um, I'm still running the Interceptor a little bit, even though they nerfed it. I'm still getting, um, yeah, I'm still getting kills with it. So, um, in fact, I had a couple last night. So yeah, it's you know, I feel like the meta right now is in a really good place. The Pouliot or the uh, MTZ is still a pain in the butt. Yeah, I'll tell you that much. And then the cat. The AMR, dude. I, like, sniping is fun again, and I really hope that they don't change it. I hope they leave it the way it is. I hate that gun. I, I can't use it. I can't use it. I can't hit anything with it. Like, I don't understand it. I don't like it. Like, give me the... um, Give me any... Make any of the other snipers viable. The MCPR. Give me the intervention. Give me, you know... I mean, even let me two-tap with... Uh, with some of the, the, the lighter, more noble, you know, mim, uh, nimble ones. But man, I, it's not like, I don't know. It's not fun. I don't like it. I think the stalker is going to end up being viable at some point. Um, you know, I'm working on that right now in multi. I've mm -hmm. got it about halfway. You know, the new one that was in the battle yeah. pass. Yeah, I like it. Um, you know, I'm hoping that's going to end up being viable. And, and I, I don't know. As far as like the state of sniping, I, I'm glad there's a one shot in there. I'm having some success with that AMR. I got a couple really good kills with it last night. The cat, um, you know, I just hope, um, you know, I, I hope that they at least keep that in and then maybe buff a, a few of the other ones. Um, you know, yeah. And maybe they range it right. Like maybe like the SPX, I'm sorry, should not be a one shot knock at all distances. You know, not in the same way that the cat AMR is. Like maybe they range it by meters, and then you know that kind of thing. Well, I mean, back in the day, you used to have the uh, you know you had the Car ninety eight, right? Super mobile, and I mean they they ended up nerfing that to where it was like a fifty or sixty meter, you know, one shot range. Um, forty three meters. Forty three meters. Okay, yeah. Um, which you know was. I think fine. Like, I mean, I hated going up against it, but it was a, it was a balanced approach to it because, you know, you close into that, you know, perfect, sorry, perfect AR range and you're 
one shot versus uh you know you 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 have to get that shot otherwise you're hosed and i think that was um i think that was a good way to balance that mobility sniping method um i'd like to see something i'd like to see a shift more towards where we were mid caldera where you had a bunch of options you still had snipers with bullet velocity so you could hit ranged shots with with some uh some degree of effectiveness and um and up close you know it was it was nimble enough that you could you could get shots off without dealing with all of this sway yeah yeah i mean the sway is um is crazy and you know something else too is like the flinch like i feel like since modern warfare 2 came in the flinch on some of these like when you know if you're if rounds are even going your way the flinch is it makes it very difficult mm-hmm. to be you know accurate with you know with the sniper rifles it seemed like and it and it seemed like it it, it happened like overnight too like maybe they added that in with the with the da- you know the damage range uh nerf that they did with it but it seemed like you went from not having that much flinch to almost as soon as you know as soon as you start taking rounds it's you know you can't hardly stay on target at all which actually i don't mind like if you're gonna if you have the ability to one tap somebody you know there's got to be a counter to it right i mean it used to be ars it used to be ars were just as accurate at 100 meters uh and, and and you know you didn't miss a bullet and so you could just beam a sniper off a head glitch anyways um and and they've gone away from that which i think is good i think that's a good change that they've made where there's a little bit it's a little bit harder to have that pinpoint accuracy at range. Um, but I think adding enough flinch where you can suppress a sniper where, you know, the really talented guys will fight through it and they'll get the hit. Um, sure. But, you know, it gives everybody else the opportunity. It's not like the old days where, you know, somebody's got a glint on you and it, it, there's nothing you can do about it, right? You're going to get your head ripped off if you move. And so I think it's a good change. I think, I think that part of it is in a good balance, but I think there's still, you know, the idle sway combined with bad bullet velocity just makes it count, makes it unintuitive for me at least to use. And that's, and I'm struggling with it. So I just haven't been, I haven't messed with it enough. Well, I mean, like you said, for, you know, for Verdansk, it took you a little while to get into it and, you know, kind of, kind of get mm-hmm. the sniping side of it down. So maybe the same thing will apply here at some point yeah. too. Um, and I mean, right now I'm enjoying the LMG meta. Yeah, anyways, there's, a lot so. of, there, there's a lot of guns that are, I don't, I don't know if fun is the word. Maybe, you know what? Maybe fun is the word. There's just some guns that are kind of fun to use or whatever. And speaking mm-hmm. of fun, which I know it's fun <laughs> to you, um, the, the speed that they nerfed those snake shots in one day, like not even a full day, and then that they nerfed the one tap mailstorm triggers for that shotgun broke my heart, man. Is impressive to me broke because <laughs> that tells me that they're paying attention to the health of their game. That shit is yes. not healthy for the game. While it might be fun for some of you to use, it's not healthy, man. And I'll tell you why because I'm part of a community that several of them were about to just stop playing the game until that shit was squared away. That's not healthy for the game. They don't Activision and Raven and those guys, they can't have that. That's why they did it. And, you know, I, I think maybe they learned a lesson from uh Warzone two, because I think there are a lot of people that probably were turned off by that RPK meta and just never came back. 
Yeah, I mean, I yes, I think so. I mean, definitely with the uh, with the one shots. Like as as much as I enjoy them, and, and trust me, I enjoyed the heck out of that three hundred while it was available. Um, you know, I, I do recognize that it is it is a disruptive play style, um, and it does mess with um, it messes with the ability to to enjoy the game. Now, the snake shots in particular, like those guns, every time they do the dual revolver snake shots, for whatever reason, they it keeps coming back. It keeps coming back, and every time they do it, the it's disruptive because they're so deadly. They usually have excessive range, and you have so many shots. Like you have, you have five shots if you if you hit everybody with with the the revolver snake shots, and I mean that's that is literally one clicking a team with a round, you know, with an extra round for fun if you're if you're good enough. And that is super disruptive to the play style because those things usually are like 15, 20 meters that you can do it, which is absurd. Um, you know, I, and so getting that stuff out of the game, you know, op- opens it up because I mean, honestly, you can't run anything else or you can't ever push into buildings. And so you get guys running, you know, a sniper or the MTZ with the snake shots. And it's like, they're just, you know, you can't, get close to them and you can't stay far from them and it's just really difficult to play against um and there's no there's no balance or counter to it and so I'll, so nerfing the snake shots i think is a great option um i will say this about the 300 is there's a way to balance it where it actually it has a viability and has some fun but it's still very balanced because and i'll tell you the w- reason why because you only get one shot and then you have to reload. So if you face a squad, if you face you know more than one player, if you if you miss your shot, uh, if you don't hit chest or head, right, you're basically toast. So it's an all or nothing play style, which to me makes it more fun, especially on Vondell. The, their terror of Vondell, those staircases, you'll never get away from them. Um, and, and so I think in that scenario, there's there's some fun to be had, but they could be balanced better. The range is usually pretty egregious. And, um, but I, you know, as much fun as they are, I, it, it does make for a more balanced and, and probably enjoyable to a wider audience of a game when you don't have, you know, these one shot, one tap, undefendable weapons out there. Yeah, there's there really was no counter for it at all. I mean, because like I said to you, um, and I think I said on Twitter as well, is like they buff the health up to three hundred. It makes no sense to get one tapped with one gun. You know, the whole point of buffing the health was to increase the TTK, and guns like that severely reduce the TTK, and so that's where they become a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, so. I mean, in any case, I'm just glad. I'm glad they got on it. I'm glad they, um, you know, were looking at player feedback. They were looking at, you know, I, I would hope they looked at pick rates. Um, you know, like that's something that I've talked about before that, you know, I feel like at the very least they should be looking at pick rates every two weeks and then making adjustments that way. And then if there's a rolling meta, then so be it, right? Like if, yeah. if the meta changes, fine. But just don't let something break your game for, you know, several weeks at a time. And I, I 
you know, so far they're, they're, they've, they've hit it out of the park in, um, you know, that regard. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that they've done this, this year, their patch notes are, are detailed. So last year with infinity Ward, we had a lot of patch notes that were, uh, how, how, how would you say it? Vague. Right. Yeah. And they would say, Oh, we nerfed, uh, you know, we, we reduced the damage range of this gun. And so you go, okay, great. By how much? Exactly. <laughs> and the answer is we reduce the damage range. And so you're like, okay, what does that mean for like, what does that mean? How does that affect us? And um, you know, how, how does that actually affect it? And then you'd have to go in and you have to wait for SIM or uh, true game data to go in and test these things and, and figure them out. And then, you know, we can look it up and say, oh, all right, well, it was reduced by 0.4%. So ergo, it's still a problem. Uh, versus patch notes, like we got, um, you know, we got these patch notes this week from um, uh, from Raven. You know, the DG56, match, max damage reduced to 32, down from 40. Like, that's pretty friggin' accurate. I can look at that and say, okay, that gun's not really like as viable as it was. And so I think when we get um when we get these detailed patch notes, it gives us a better sense of what they're doing, um, a better sense of when they're really saying, stop using this gun, we don't like it. Um, and it makes for a better it it it, it makes for a a better experience in, in seeing what, you know, the plant, you know, kind of gauging the overall plan for Warzone, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, well, I know I 100% agree with you. Um, you know, being, I, I would much rather a studio be over communicating with me than not communicating at all. And that's kind of what we got last year and details do matter. Um, you mm -hmm. know, like you said, you know, they, t yeah, we nerfed the damage range of the Cronin. Cool. Then you go play it and it's like, doesn't really feel like it's been nerfed at all. Then they try yeah. that three or four more times. And then finally, you know, you can tell a little bit of a difference, but you know, when, when you're putting out notes that lack specifics, it really doesn't tell me anything at all. Right. Um, you know, and I, I feel like they're addressing a lot of things at once and very quickly. Like take, for instance, I think in this last patch notes, the ghost TV camo um, T slash V camo players can now be stationary for two seconds before anti-radar effects are disabled. So based on feedback, we've received a grace period to the movement requirement of ghost TV camo. With this change, players remain detectable by radar while not moving, but momentarily, momentary pauses will no longer cause their position to be revealed. So what that means is like, if, if I'm moving and then I stop to ADS, I was yep. showing up on, on UAV immediately. Right. Yeah. You or know, you stop to open a crate or yeah. you stop to, you know, to do anything, which I, I'm, yeah, I think that's a good change and it's good yeah. for them to just to explain why. And you know, what's really cool. And I, I know the vests are in war zone. So, mm -hmm. One of the things that kind of bugged me, and I feel like I've been able to do this on every other Call of Duty as far as the multiplayer, was run Ghost and Cold-Blooded. 
So that way I'm not on UAV and I'm not getting wiped out by fucking airborne kill streaks every five seconds. Well, they gave you the ability to do that. I'm trying to remember what the vest was, but it took away your lethals and your tacticals. Well, with this season one update, they rolled out the assassin vest, which yep. allows you, if you double it with the ghost and TV camo perk for the gear, you can still have your lethals, but you are ghosted and you're cold blooded. And so it's nice not, you know, not having to worry about kill streaks. Yeah, I give up my field upgrade, which big deal. A lot of times I'm not living long enough to use that damn thing anyway. <laughs> so, but it's just nice to have that. And then on top of basically having Ninja, it feels like the old days, man. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, I feel like they've done a really good job. You know, look, I, I, I will admit this. I have been one of the biggest um, critics of Caldera and Vanguard overall very critical of it um and very unhappy with sledgehammer um sledgehammer games because of that of that era of warzone um and and of call of duty and so i find you know i i had extremely low expectations for this year because because of that i, I looked at that and said great we're gonna have another vanguard era it's gonna be you know, you're going to take MW2 and you're going to just make it worse somehow. Yeah. Um, and uh, and maybe put a terrible story on it. And, and we, you know, campaign is what it is. But I am thoroughly impressed with how they've taken the approach to uh, to this game. I I am having fun in it. It's fun to play. Um, it's fun to... Uh, it's fun to run around in. It, I mean, Warzone is good. The um, the multiplayer is good. The the take on zombies is phenomenal. That I mean, that's headed by Treyarch, but it's but just being able to implement that in a way that is it takes all the best parts of DMZ, adds zombies in, and makes it engaging. It well, I mean, it basically killed it killed DMZ. Like DMZ is not coming back. They're not doing any yeah. more content for it, and. But You're I mean, right. DMZ zombies was aimless. Is like way better than I thought it would be. I didn't like round based zombies. I just didn't like. I don't. I'm not a round based to, zombies either. Like I like being able to drop in, do some contracts, you know, and then X X fill. You know, I don't want to have to play the mode for 37 hours straight. You know. Yeah. And and I think the uh, <clears throat> you know I mean there's there's some like the people that like that like the old zombies you know they're not thrilled with it from what I've seen, but you know, at niche community community anyways. Um, but honestly, I, the problem with DMZ, here's the problem with DMZ is I don't know if they had like a, a I feel like they had an overarching vision early on and they lost it and like decided to, to they chickened out is the, is the best way I can put it. They chickened out at the last minute and pulled back from like what, it could have been and what they kind of like alluded to it being, which I mean, honestly was, was the illusion of what it was going to be was all of us, you know, players looking at leaks and inventing our own stories to it. Um, but they absolutely had everything they needed to make a dynamite game mode, except for direction and an objective. Like they didn't know what they wanted to do. 
And so they didn't do anything with it. And the problem is if you're not doing anything with a game mode like that, it just dies. Like there's, there's no point. There becomes no point in playing it because there's no, like there's some missions which don't give you anything. Um, and then there's, you know, you can play as much as you want, but like, it's not as high risk as say Tarkov, because all you do is, you know, you lose some stuff that you can easily get back and you don't get to play with your, your favorite gun for a few minutes. Big deal. Um, and I mean, to be honest, there's a very limited way to, uh, to monetize it too, right? Like you can only buy so many, you know, skins that give you, you know, semi useful perks that most people are kind of like, okay, that's nice. How many times, how, how many different characters do I have to play with to give me, um, you know, unlimited self revives or, or a UAV or whatever. And then you toss in the PVP aspect of it. And it's like, it just became squad, you know, pre-made six man squads hunting other players because none of them are good enough to actually play Warzone. Well, they were griefing kids. And so, you know, on one hand, I, I kind of thought it was kind of comical here and the TMZ players bitch about it. Oh yeah. But on the other hand, I actually get their point because there's a reason they were in DMZ and not fucking Warzone. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like Infinity War didn't they didn't jump on that and react to that in the way that they should, which I think contributed to that mode's demise. I'd be curious yeah. what the player count for that mode was at towards the end because I bet you it wasn't very high. I bet it wasn't very high. And, I mean it was it was, it was a small but dedicated group of players and then smaller more dedicated group of players who wanted to grief the players that were dedicated to the mode. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I'll say this about DMZ. You know, I've said in the past, good riddance, but I think that they could have, they could have st basically, if they hadn't structured modern warfare two and Warzone two in a way that catered to the DMZ type of player and tried to get that style going, and then just had DMZ be its own separate thing, but service mm -hmm. it, and then have Warzone and multiplayer be more in tune with one another, then I think that it could have done well. But the fact of the matter is, is they tried to basically completely reinvent the wheel when it comes to Call of Duty. And you and I both know this community's never going to stand for that. You know, well, they're, they're just this not community going doesn't to stand for anything. We just stand for... Hating well, it's true. You can't make anybody <laughs> happy here. But my point is, is you don't take a fast-paced arcade shooter and turn it into a Tarkov light. Like that's that was the mistake. They shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Well, I it, mean, at the end of the day, it, it was. You know, they were trying to cater to the more casual audience. You know, and, and if you look at where Warzone, how you know the track of Warzone, right? Like, it really from its launch until late Cold War into Caldera, where Caldera was just terrible. Um, it it defied the course of Call of Duty. You know, Call of Duty is an annual cycled game where you have a, a ton of sales up front the first two months, the first quarter, right? The holiday quarter uh, sells tons, tons of copies. Everybody plays. And then people drop off, right? You, you know, you have a dedicated core of people who basically only play Call of Duty and they stick around, you know, all year. But, you know, I'd say easily 70% of the player base is gone by March, 
right? They've moved on to other games. They play, you know, they might hop in here and there, but generally, like, you fall behind in Call of Duty. You don't keep up with the maps. You don't learn the maps. You don't have your, you know, weapons dialed in. You're, you're, you're not going to have a good time most of the time. Um, and so, you know, the dedicated players stick around. Uh, the casual players hop, you know, are hopped off and they're on to, they're, you know, they're on, they're on back on Skyrim for the 17th time or, um, you know, whatever is out there. Um, and that's just the way the cycle goes. And then you look at Warzone launches, pandemic hits, everybody's stuck in their houses. They're all playing this new game. And they were able to maintain a very consistent player base for a very long time um, through multiple titles, which is something they've never done before. And I that think I that, think is... I'm sorry. I, I think that that was kind of artificially inflated, though, by, by the lockdown. Like, you, you know well, what I yeah. mean? Like, but I get I get what you're saying. I just think that they misevaluated that data. Yeah. You know, and, so I think and, they looked at it and they said, look, we were able to capture the casual players. Yeah. And then they looked around and they said, all right, what are the capture? What are the casual players? What's making them quit? And I think, you know, when they started dropping off, you had a map that was bad combined with, you know, play styles that were sweaty. Right. And all the all the broken movement mechanics that we, you know, we've rehashed before. Which you know, to to players like you and I who are who are not we are not casual players um, by most definitions of casual, um, and we put time into honing our uh, slightly above average abilities, um, and and so for us we we play through these the you know the slumps right and we and and then we feast when the the noobs come back every year, but the um, but you know for the noobs for the azure you know, for the actual casual player base, like they don't have movement. They don't put the time in to learn that stuff. They probably have never heard of true game data. Um, they don't understand what a meta is half the time. And they, you know, they just run whatever people tell them to run. And for those players, I think the game got super frustrating and it became a question of, you know, Hey, do you want to go out to the bar? Cause we can go out to the bars again, or do you want to stay home and play Warzone and get dunked on by some crackhead Adderall snorting G fuel sweat. Right. And and the answer, I think, for a lot of these casuals was, well, screw it. I'm going to go get drunk, which, you know, I totally respect that. But um, I'd just rather get drunk and play games. <laughs> yeah, facts. But um, but I think the problem with the problem with that is Call of Duty looks at that and says, how do we capture? How do we keep those players from saying, well, you know, we're going to go and just not play the game anymore because it's no fun. And I think their their attempted solution was, we're going to gear the game to casuals. We're going to make a game that the casuals will want to play. We'll take away the, the crackhead movement. We'll take away the stuff that that frustrates them. And at the end of the day, everybody hated it. Yeah. And, I mean, they made some improvements starting with Season 3 on um, that mm -hmm. made the game bearable. But, you know, the one regret I have about that whole thing is while the map wasn't perfect, Almazra got kind of a bad rap because of all of those other things. I'd love to be able to play Almazra with this kind of, with the, the movement and the mechanics from this game. But speaking of this game, I mean, what, so just overall, what is your opinion on 
how how are we feeling about Warzone and and lump Modern Warfare three in there too? Because you know not everybody that listens basically plays just Warzone. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of us that play both. What do you what do you think overall like? compared to Warzone 1, Warzone 2 and where we are now. I mean, I think I think when you look at it Warzone 1, OG Verdansk, not not 84, OG Verdansk was probably the pinnacle of Warzone and it and it was the pinnacle of Warzone because no one knew what the hell they were doing. Right? Like, I mean, you had you had the sweats who were just going to always sweat, but it was like what what was meta what was like the thing to use like true game data didn't exist j gods you know his metas were kind of were all were not well known or well advertised um there were not like the, everybody just kind of copied what they saw other people do yeah. and you could get away with a lot as a result and i think that made it a lot more wild west feeling Right. You know, people would still try, you know, they would drive cars and run around and you could, you know, like, I mean, my squad, we would carry rockets and shoot choppers down and blow up vehicles left and right. Like that was a huge part of our play style was let's catch people on rotation and blow them up. And it was hilarious. And we had a great time. Um, and, and there was so much to explore about the game, the movement, the strategy, the rotations, like, you know, the guns were, were a small part of it. And, and so I think for those of us who were there and playing at that time, I mean, it's going to always be the best Warzone's ever been because just because it was new, it was shiny. There wasn't, there wasn't a meta really. I think everything from there until now is a downgrade from that experience. Ne- right now, I think we are sitting in the silver age of Warzone. And and honestly, probably, you know, multiplayer is kind of one of those things of like every game has had good and bad. A lot of people really hate, surprisingly, MW 2019. Um, <clears throat> and they loved Cold War. I mean, Cold War Vanguard had a lot of things that were good about their multiplayer. The movement actually, you know, the gunplay and the movement actually felt very good. Um, but, you know, it wasn't like the setting was bad. Some of the, a lot of the maps were bad. So it's kind of like, you know, how do you balance that, right? I think they, I think they balance it. I think, so when you look at all the different pros and cons of like, you know, multiplayer, I think that's a hard one to kind of pin down on and say, all right, this is what, you know, this is a definitively good thing. But Warzone has been, you know, is a fairly consistent, you know, field and I think I think we're in the silver age of warzone to be honest I think we're in, we're in a state where the movement is feels very good um, a lot of the problems of warzone one have been solved like the fluidity um, you know the the looting is better now than it was in warzone one like the OG warzone era um, I think the map is very good I think the I mean I don't love a lot of the guns, but I found a niche that I'm happy in playing in. Um, you know, the room for improvement for sure. You know, um, look, think back to think back to the early days of Warzone. That thing was buggy as heck, and the and the cheating was as was way more rampant. Like, look, there's a lot of cheaters right now, and it's a problem. But the cheating back then was like 
rampant beyond belief. You'd had you you would have teams sitting on top of ATVs riding around 360 no scoping everybody in the lobby. Right? Like that was like peak cheating in Warzone. And so I don't think we've I don't think we're at that level anymore, which is good. But so I mean we've got improvements. Things are better than they were in a lot of respects, but I think just the the nostalgia of the two makes you know makes this the silver age and i think there's so much potential in the next year for warzone to be a fantastic experience um you know in 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 2024 what do you think i honestly i mean i i liked verdansk a lot um you know i i i liked almazra uh, I didn't like the way the game played um, for the majority of it, but towards the end, it started to play better with much and many improvements still needed. This mm-hmm. game, I feel like it's very polished, um, comparatively speaking, to the launch of the other two. Um, I'm having fun playing the game. Um Every night, even when I'm getting crapped on, I've had a few bad nights already. I mean, let's keep that real. There yep. are a few things about it that I don't care for. I don't understand why they take the shittiest guns ever and put those in the fucking gulag, like the Sidewinder. Like, <laughs> that. I have an issue with that. The gulag also is a little too dark. Um, you lose track of people especially if they're wearing all black. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that, I think that they need to add a few lights um, in the gulag just to brighten it up a little bit. Uh, I don't mind the design of the gulag uh, as far as structurally. I think that's fine. And I know it varies. There's like a few different ones. I haven't gotten the night one yet, which is kind of weird. I thought that was going to be a thing. Yeah. I wonder if they took that out. Um. I'd like to see a little bit better dispersal of buy stations, but I think they countered that with dropping the loadout so quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, that there's that I, the, you know, we talked about the sniping earlier. I I'm glad the sniping with that, at least the one gun is uh one shot. I would like to see, um, you know, more guns be viable for sniping. I'd like to see some of the battle rifles or DMRs be viable as well. Like that's, that's one thing I'd like to see, but, but overall, just my overall feeling of Warzone is it's in a really good place. And, you know, it does feel more balanced um, than the previous two iterations of it. So, you know, I think, I think, like you said, I think we have the potential to have a really good year Especially if the if the the uh, black ops you know um, integration works out smoothly, which I believe it would I believe it will because everything's on the same engine now. So yep. I think that there's going to be little nuanced things that are going to be different, you know, between the develop you know the, the development studios uh, and their titles. But I think overall it's going to I think there's going to be a baseline of things that are familiar and feel the same, if that yep. makes any sense. And, Absolutely. and, you know, I think that's awesome, man. I, I you know, I, I feel like Cold War kind of got a bad rap because that integration went so poorly. And then, mm-hmm. you know, the integration for Vanguard, which no, I don't know anybody that was asking for a World War II shooter anyway. Um, you know, so that yeah. right there, 
immediately, you know, gave a bad sentiment and a bad rap to that game. And then you factor in the poor design of Caldera. So that kind of killed that. And I just feel like this is in a good spot, man. Like I, I, I enjoy the map. Like you said, I mean, last night we played, you know, we, I feel like the circles are fast. So the gameplay like, and they wanted it to be, it, we're running about 20 minutes to finish a game. So that's yep. cool. But you know, that win we had last night, I, I felt like, um, you know, just moving through the different parts of the map, like there's no part that you can't get through. Um, some mm-hmm. places are a little bit more dangerous than others, like with a little bit of the open space, but for the most part, you're still able to traverse the map and, ma- and make it through it. I feel like the map design was, was really solid in this, in, in the sense that, like you said before on, uh, Almazra, there's not as much dead space. There's still buildings and things like that to be able yeah. to navigate through, to get to areas safely. And, you know, here's something that they've done with this map, and, and they did it on Almazra too, in certain areas, where you have open space. So, like, I describe it as, as there's dead zones to a map, where it's like, if you go there, you're dead, right? Like, that's just, you go there, and you, you just expect, you know, I'm going to die as soon as I enter the space. But yeah. the zone is telling, telling me I don't have a choice, right? I'm going to this area. So, you know, it's been nice knowing you. We who are about to die salute you. Um and that's that's just traversing the map, right? And and I feel like Caldera was that map. Like the entire map was like dead zone, right? Like you go anywhere. Like I I, I compared Verdansk and Caldera, and I actually highlighted the, the 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 major dead zones on both maps. And it was like Verdansk ended up being about fifteen percent of the map was a dead zone. You had like the big canals of death. You had a couple of open fields, kind of. Uh, between airport, like south of those that that village, uh, north of airport, that kind of area, yeah, kind of out, outside of superstore. Like those were pretty good dead zones. You caught you caught somebody traversing those areas, like they were toast, unless you were absolute trash and can't hit anything, um, which is why a lot of people got away from me at that time. Um, but like Caldera, it was easily fifty percent of the map was a dead zone, like. You you go into that area and you will just die from somebody basically higher up on you on the hill than you were, or in some other position where they could watch it. Al Mazara had a lot of open space, but a lot of that open space was not flat. There's a lot of hills, berms, sand dunes, uh, and things that you could duck behind, and that was something that Caldera didn't have, and it's true. so. And Caldera, if you remember in Caldera, you couldn't hide behind a tree because the tree wasn't wide enough. They were all skinny trees. So you get behind a tree, you're still yeah. getting shot, right? In Verdansk, you could hide behind the trees. They were the they were bigger trees, so you could get fully behind a tree and you could play the tree as cover, so you could plate, so you could um, you know, peek and figure out what to do. In this game, and um I, I ran into it multiple times last night, trying to get through like some of the radar towers. Where the hill, the, the ground, even though it is open space, it is hilly. There are big rock formations. There are obstructions put somewhat randomly through the map. So you get into a dead space, right? Like a traditional dead space. And you actually aren't in a dead space. You can duck, dive, and weave through the terrain and sure. get away. And I think that's such an important element of a good map that you can traverse an open space 
and you are not insta dead, right? You have the ability to use your movement, use the terrain. And I mean, in, in Warzone 2, at least, you, you could throw smoke down and you could use the smoke and terrain because they didn't have movement um, to get away. And that is something that, I, that, you know, and I haven't fully explored all the map. I'm not really willing to, to, to set down and say, all right, here are the dead zones um, in, in the new map. But I, I'll bet it's comparable to Verdansk, like 15, 20%, where it's like most of the map you can traverse. And even the dead zones are probably going to be like, they're not fully dead zones. There, there's not a lot of flat farmland style terrain where you just can't move. And so I think that is a huge playability factor in a map that, that gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. I, you know, you said something that kind of caught my attention and, and made me think about something. Um, you know, one of the differences too, between the last war zone and this one is the amount of time that smokes are good for. Like, mm -hmm. I guess it's not as big of a deal, and maybe that's the trade-off, is they're giving you all those things you're talking about with the obstructions and everything else, so you don't really need the smoke to last as long. Whereas it just mm -hmm. kind of sucks, though, if you're trying to use smoke so you can get a quick res off on your teammate and then get the hell yep. out of dodge. Um, you know, so I, I'd like to see them actually buff the smokes back to the, the level that they were. Um, I think that they are good tactically for ranked play. Um, you know, because that's the other thing. I'm curious to see how ranked is going to play on this map. Yes. I don't think it's, it's going to play fast. I mean, ranked in general is just not going to play fast. But with them trying to make the games faster, you know, with 20 minutes, I'm curious to see how that's going to play and what the total player count is going to be. Have you... Have you noticed on this um, with a difference as far as like how the game feels to you with them dropping the player count down to 120, but then also off or down to one, down to 100, and then offsetting it with the circle closing faster, loadout dropping faster, those kind of things? I don't have any time to breathe. And it I doesn't think that's seem a good like you do, does it? I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll no, say this. I, I mean, yeah, for ranked play, maybe yeah. not so much, but for pubs, yeah. Like, everything's yeah. pretty fast. It's 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 got a lot of speed to it. There's a lot of players. So, you know, you're constantly in a gunfight or running from a gunfight, depending on how, how things are going. And I don't think that there's a – and I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, a lot of people are comparing it to, like, Rebirth and how fast, like, like a, a Rebirth feel. And I think that it – it kind of has that speed the, the the feeling of the speed that like rebirth Island would have, where you're just like constantly in gunfights, but it doesn't have the, uh, the insane resurgence feel to it where it's like, you've just got people dropping on your head all the time. Um, which, which is good. Right. Like, I think, I think it strikes a balance, you know, and I'll say this about Warzone all the way up until now is Warzone has had slow, very, very slow sections of the game. Like you get into a map and it's like you can have you can have a big first circle, rack up a bunch of kills, and then not see anybody for two more circles. Yep. And and not move either. Like if you drop center circle, you might, you know, you might kill some people where you dropped, and then you don't see somebody for like two circles until they come rotating in. 
which, you know, was a style of play on top of the fact that that's just sometimes how the map went. In this, you know, in, in this map, in this game, honestly, like, a handful of times that I won't see anybody for, for a few circles, but I don't see them at all. And I'm running the whole time. I'm not sitting still. Like, like I'll drop at the edge of the map and it happens to be that nobody dropped there. And then I'm just like, the gas is just like, yep, time to move. And I'm running the whole time until I walk into a team that's holding down the dead zone that I have to cross to get to, you know, to get out of, out of Dodge. And, uh, and we get into gunfights there. So I think they did a really good job of balancing the action versus the the quiet zones and it really limits i think the ability to be uh, uh to be camping like to to have a camping play style i think that's been clamped down as much as they can without simply like disconnecting you if you don't move for like 30 seconds or something like that so you know speaking of like campy and just moving around fast you know i don't know if you've had a chance to check out the skill gap yet but um i did um at least a good part of it. I haven't finished it yet. At least their most recent episode. One of the things they talked about was just how the vehicles play into things and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, the handling and things like that. I mean, obviously there's players like Shep and Drade who are solo players. So they're in vehicles a lot, you know, do the, you know, switching seat, snipe you in the face thing, you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, they brought up a good point. I don't really see a lot of vehicles in this game. Like I don't see people having to use a lot of vehicles, um, you know, so far. And, and, you know, as far as the handling goes, I don't want, since they nerfed the C4 throw that we've talked about, I don't think the vehicles need to handle any better. Maybe the helicopter, like we've talked about, Mm -hmm. but like everything else, like I don't want a Bertha being able to turn like it's a fucking ATV, man. Like that, yeah. we we don't need that because then it turns into Grand Theft Auto where people are just going around running people over. You slap a trophy on, I can't kill you with a C4 because I can't throw it anymore, and then the trophy will stop any of your rockets. And by the time you get to a point where you can damage the vehicles, you're already run over, and they've already backed over your body three times. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, you remember the old days where it's like you know the final circles were three Berthas circling each other. Yeah. Right. And, and I think I think the fuel aspect yep. is good. The ability to shoot tires out yep. is good. Um, so I think they're I think they've done a good job with ground vehicles um, and having the ground vehicles be relevant to get around the map and relevant for combat to a degree. Um, you know, I've I've been on both sides of my fair share of that, and um, I think they're in a good. I think ground vehicles are in a good spot where. They're not, and they're not as high risk as they used to be, right? It used to be if you were in a ground vehicle and you got touched by a rocket, like your whole squad is just dead, like you're all dead, and um, and that's the end of it. And and as a rocket runner, that was always the fun part, is just you know getting that quad feed team kill because your uh, your pila hunted a guy down like you know thousand meters away, um, and so I think there's a um, I think the ground vehicles are in a good spot. They have a good usage rate. They're destructible. Um, where I think we struggle is helicopters. I think the hel- the, the light hel- heli needs to get uh, reverted back to the uh, OG chopper. And uh, I yeah, think that puts th- choppers in a real... I think that puts them all in a... And, and you know what? And make it where it's like, 
any rocket, any explosive hits it and it blows up. Like, totally fine. Totally fine by me. They just don't handle well. Like, I'll give you that. Like, as as a pilot from Battlefield and seeing how those vehicles all handle and being Mm -hmm. able to fly that little bird um, for an entire match uh, without dying once, like, flying the helicopters, I don't even like flying in Call of Duty because I don't like the way they handle and I don't like the controls. Um, no, you, you know, of them. So I agree. Like they need, they need to be able to, to handle a little bit better. Um, I don't like the idea of throwing a trophy system on any of the vehicles. Like, I think that's cheeky as, as fuck. Um, you know, I, I don't like that, but everything else that they've done with the vehicles, I, you know, I'm on board with, I, I like, I like the shooting out the tires, like you said, the fuel and then going mm-hmm. through the gas stations because there's a level of, and a certain amount of vulnerability that you have in vehicles now that you never had that before, like you said. So, yeah. And then also the other thing I do like is being able to get in the cab as a passenger, if you're in the Bertha, because you never want to be the asshole that's stuck in the back of that <laughs> thing, dude. I know I did, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the vehicles for the most part, the way they are. I just like to see the helis a little better. Like you said, um, yeah. those are good. I don't really care for the heavy chopper, though. I don't think that's something that should be in the game because it's too cheesy and people abuse it. Yeah, I um, had one where somebody brought a heli to the final uh, to the final circle, and um, and and it was one of those things where, unlike you know, I think they've balanced it well enough where they don't they don't have the longevity that they used to have. They're more destructible now mm-hmm. than they used to be. And the you have to have the special fuel to make them go. And so, like, I had one, and it was, like, second, you know, the circle before it starts to shrink. And they ran out of fuel, and they kind of put it down. You know, they barely got it, you know, they barely got it down without blowing it up. And then, um, <clears throat> and it's like, you know, they were kind of a terror, for a minute and then they ran out of fuel and they just got feasted on like they were all bad players. That's why they were in the hell. Let's be honest. That's why they were in that chopper to begin with. Yeah. And, uh, and so, I mean, they got feasted on like, like two other teams, you know, us and two other teams just absolutely tore them a new one. And then it was a clusterfuck around the chopper as we all tried to, you know, kill the, uh, <laughs> kill, kill the, all the other teams that came in to feast on the, on the on the jerks in the chopper, so you know I, I I think they're well enough balanced, and and the fuel being the fuel situation kind of keeps them grounded for the most part. I've only seen I, I'll be honest, I've only seen them in the air once this this war zone, so um, I think we're okay with those. Um, but uh, but man, you know what? One of the things that they've done really well uh, this time around has been the holiday event. Um, you know, I, it, you and I played, uh, played one and I think that was just, uh, that one un- was an unfortunate match. I think, it, you know, like you said, it left a bad taste in your mouth, but I've been playing it fairly extensively and, uh, I, I am having a blast. So I played the multiplayer ones. I played zombies. Zombies is fun. Reindeer, you know, the, the hellhounds are reindeer and the zombies have Santa hats on and crap. And that's, you know, it's, it's, it's cute. All right. Um, but where's the Warzone one, Santa's Sleigh Ride, or whatever the heck it's called, is a fun mode. 
so for anybody who hasn't played the mode, um, essentially it's resurgence on the big map. So, you know, small starting circle. But after the second circle closes, um, the train comes through. And on the train is Zombie Santa. So unlike Caldera, where Krampus would just pop up on the map and chase you that son of for a no bitch. reason. Right? And he's back, by the way. He is back. We'll touch on that in a minute. Um, I found him yesterday. It's awesome. Um, but zombie zombie santa's on the train he stays on the train and he's a juggernaut so he has a chain gun and a ton of health and he teleports to different cars like there's a couple spots he'll just he'll he'll disappear and reappear and when you shoot him he engages you and he makes zombies appear that attack you now that sounds like it's a pain in the butt but remember if you shoot him if you ignore him he generally leaves you alone he doesn't like go after you. All right. He goes out, he, he retaliates against people who shoot at you or people who like hang out in front of him. Um, and so he's actually not as dangerous of a, of a thing. And uh, he eventually gets killed and drops a lot of loot. So there's a benefit to, to, to fighting him. But what makes the mode work is that once the train appears, the circle follows the train, right? So you have to stay with the train in order to stay in the game. Um, and so it creates kind of a, an ongoing run and gun scenario where you get usually one or two teams will take over the train and they'll, and they're, then they become the objective of holding the train. And if you are, if you work as a team and you, and you can get a hold of that train, you can hold that train for the whole map just about and really enjoy, you know, really have a good time, um, knocking everybody who goes after it. But, you know, if you're, you know, and we ran into this last night a number of games where we jump into the train um, or, you know, we try to get the train early, we get fought off and we basically are running and gunning. And so we ended up catching, uh, catching teams on rotation and basically running alongside the train, fighting the people on the train and we're able to actually successfully kill them and win the game. I think we got like two or three like that last night where it's like um, it was, control it wasn't chaotic like shipment or some of these other you know modes where it's just you have people all the time it's it's a different kind of chaos because the zone is just on the run all the time right you were yeah. constantly having to chase you know chase the center of the zone um and deal with the fact that you know there's a little bit of a fortified position but even then you know the train cars have holes on the roof there's multiple directions so you can if you're if you work as a team, you know it is a really good team building mode, where you could, like we were able to take the train a couple of times where a team was fortified in there and we just swarmed it from like different angles, and confused the hell out of the guys that we were fighting and were able to to, to knock them off and, and eventually get the win, and so the way they designed the mode is so different than what we're used to, that it is a lot of fun. There's a lot to do. Um, and I know when you and I played, it was, uh, uh, Jigsy and, and some of the other guys were like, we're just going to, you know, we're just going to do what we want to do. And, uh, and the mode really is designed to punish that, that mentality. Uh, but if, you know, but when you figure out how to play it, well, it plays very well and it's a lot of fun. I'll give it another try, I think. But, uh, you know, as we're kind of, um, winding down, um, 
now let's get to the meat and potatoes here. So you and I both have a couple viral tweets within the last couple days. <laughs> and yours, I think, was hilarious. And um, why don't you talk about that just a little bit? What made you tweet that? And what actually, what did you tweet and why? All right. Um, all right. So I had a tweet. I, I came across. So there's a guy that I've... Um, uh, there's a guy that I've seen around Godric, uh, the Godric, you know, he's a M and K player does a lot of, um, you know, a lot, lot, lot of showy M and K clips, you know, a lot of YYs. So he has a, a clip of himself and he's playing on Vondel and he's, uh, he's running up a staircase and he's YYing. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know what that means, basically you're, 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 you're swapping guns repeatedly. And so you do it a couple of times and you kind of, um, the gun kind of puts itself away and then comes back out. Like, and, and so you don't switch guns. You, you do it right. You keep the same gun out. Um, I, I, I don't know if it serves a purpose. I don't think it does. I can't imagine it's a positive thing, but you know, people do it to be show off. Like I don't have to focus hundred percent. I can like goof off and then still kill you. It's kind of like the attitude that I, I take when I see that in a clip. Um, I do it sometimes because I have ADHD and I can't friggin' stand just running across the field and not doing something. <laughs> another topic for another day. But uh, so he's running up the staircase and turns the corner and he's in the middle of a YY. So he has no gun out. His gun is transitioning from uh, from from not being in position to to coming out and being able to shoot. He gets about two thirds of the way up the staircase and then gets murder hold, just absolutely gunned. Um, and and on the replay, you can hear, you know, from the other player's perspective, you hear him thudding around the staircase. You can actually hear his gun swapping. And he turns the corner, and the guy just blasts him like, you know, like anybody would. And so he puts this um, tweet out, and he goes, you're, well, silent as a rat with God-level artificial reaction time and tracking that can only be comparable aimbot. LOL. I love it. And I'm like, dude, you literally YY'd yourself to death and you're blaming aimbot or aim assist for that. Running through like, like the Kool-Aid, man. Like, Jesus. Yeah, you like, can't he was make stomping that up. through like the Hulk, bro. Like, it is ridiculous. It is ridiculous how, like, if he didn't die, like, I would have probably thought, oh, he's cheating. Right? Like, like, he had no business winning that fight. And, and the fact that he didn't win that fight is proof that the game is fair and balanced. All right. So, but, you know, as I tweeted that, and I'm at two million views later, it's been a, a, a roast back and forth. But there's, you know, the, the, it, 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 in my mind is really just like brought up this keyboard and mouse versus controller argument again, which to me is, is, is a bit absurd because, you know, keyboard and mouse has a ton of, ton of advantages. Um, and, 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 and a couple of disadvantages, just like controller has a ton of advantages and a couple of disadvantages. And, you know, this, this clip to me is the, is the perfect example of someone on KBAM who chooses to, uh, to engage people on controller in the controller sweet spot. Like, like he's close range, small area, you know, small corridor, nowhere to actually move. Like that's like the that's where a controller lives. Like that 
if you're a controller player, like you dream of those scenarios, like that's what you want to fight in because it is literally like it takes, it takes away the advantages of mouse and keyboard. Like you're snapping your movement. Like none of that matters because you have nowhere to go. You're in, you're in a tiny staircase and you're challenging up, 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 right? Like versus the guy at the top who's like, Oh, I see a fish in this small barrel. I wonder how this is going to go. Right. And so I think, you know, when people get super upset about that, it's like, yeah, what did you think was going to happen? Like your own poor decision-making skills combined with like playing at a disadvantage of your controller style, like, or of your, of your input style. Like, why are you upset about this? I don't understand it. And so that's been a whole thing on my, you know, my time. I can't, I have no notifications available anymore. It's just this tweet all day. Um, (laughs) But, but you uh, stuck your nose into this into, into essentially the same debate. Uh, tell me about your end. Well, part of it actually came from reading some of the comments on your tweet, and it's like, all right, my tweet basically was that mouse and keyboard ha- players have got to be the whiniest segment of the player base there is. They have several advantages over controller players, but the one disadvantage they have sends them into a downward spiral. I didn't even mention aim assist in my tweet. Not even <laughs> in, I, I never mentioned it. And that's what 99.99% of the negative responses that I got were about. But my thing is this, when you start comparing inputs, right? There's a reason people choose the hardware they choose because they offer certain advantages that they favor over other input hardware, right? So yep. your mouse and key, um, you, you have the flick, you have the recoil control, you have the precision. You do not get that kind of precision with an analog thumbstick from a, from a controller. Hence, you have to have aim assist. You can't move yep. on controller the way you can on mouse and key. Hence, you have to have aim assist. And for people to sit here and say, and this is the the response that I keep seeing a lot, for people to sit here and say, you know, well, the game aims for you or everything, yeah, it drags a little bit, but it's not like it locks. It's not like you can set your controller down and let me run around the room and your crosshairs are just going to continue locking onto me. That's stupid and it's disingenuous to say that. Okay? And my other point is, you chose the input, input knowing the disadvantages and the advantages. Deal with it. Call yeah. of Duty is also primarily a controller game. It is. Aim assist is never going away. If if you're that skilled to where it's a big deal to you, maybe, just maybe, you should go dip your toes over into CSGO or Valorant or PUBG. Those games might be more suited for such high-skilled players. Yeah, you know, games that are built about skill. Like, focus on skill and basically, if you're new, get bent. Yeah. Totally support moving over to that. Uh, you know, one of the things I want to look at, like, you know, one of the one of the top replies to your tweet is uh, Zach Perry 13 on Twitter, X, whatever. Said, so, you mean a massive TTK advantage due to the game aiming for you supposed to be a skill gap? Okay, hold on. There's no TTK advantage at all, depending on your input, 
there's no skill-based TTK. There's no skill-based damage. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. This has been tested and looked for and attempted to be verified in every available method to determine whether this is true or not has, has come up with the most obvious case is latency. But here's the thing. Keyboard and mouse is the superior input. I'm going to say it. I'm sponsored by aim controllers. I have a creator quote for aim controllers, which is what? Okay. Sub one. Um, <clears throat> and as someone who hawks controllers and loves them and plays on them, mouse and key is the superior input in an FPS game. The things that you can do and the ability to engage players in, in tons of different scenarios, the advantages all go to mouse and key, except for close range when aim assist is in play. If you take away aim assist, controller players will never beat a mouse, an average mouse and key player, mouse and key player. Yeah, you can't. I used to warm up that way, even against mm -hmm. the bots. It's almost impossible. You have to have yeah. some kind of, some kind of aim assist. If, you know, so. Now, and here's, and here's the thing. And, and look, this is coming from someone who I grew up playing on mouse and key. All right. Back in the day, I actually played before mouse was an input because in Wolfenstein 3D, you couldn't look up. Oh, wow. Like, there was no up. You played mouse, you played keyboard and keyboard. <laughs> it was, was it you played on the keyboard. Yeah. yeah. You looked side, left and right. Like that's it. There wasn't you forward, backward, left and right. And you could straight. Like that was the movement. Okay, there was no jumping, there was no hopping, there was no ducking. It was it was forward, backward, strafe, left and right, and rotate around. And you rotate around with the arrow keys. That's how you turned left or right with the arrow keys. Okay? That's how far back I go on playing mouse and key when it was just key. All right. So and I have played Warzone on mouse and key. I played Cold War on mouse and key. Okay? So I, I'm I, I have the authority to say this. Mouse and key players require the highest level of skills to be efficient. It is the elite input. It is. Between the two. And the problem is too many people who are not elite players want to play at an elite level with mouse and key. And they get mad when they get dunked on because they go into scenarios that are not suited for their input style. And then they lose because they're up against someone who's playing in the scenario that they are suited for their input style. If you're not an elite player, you're going to lose the fight because you're in the wrong spot. Yep. Because you're making a bad decision to get you there. And that's the problem. Mouse and key players, they want to play the TikToky, close range, bunny hopping, slide cancel, you know, YY meta SMG movement game. And they want to use the wrong input for it. Mouse and key, you want to take your fights at 25 meters or beyond, you have so many advantages at that point. Like if you were, if you, if you are even moderately talented at mouse and key, you're not going to lose those fights 75% of the time 
because you have the ability to use the control that you've selected to its maximum effectiveness. As a controller player, I want to be in your face because I want that aim assist to actually help me rotate. Like that is what it's designed for. That is what it excels at. That is what is it good at. And that's where, like, that's where I want to be. At distance, I don't want to see a mouse can keep player. Shoot, no, I you're going to lose that. Run away. Well, that's why with the one-shot snipers, like they ought to be loving life. The you know the, the mouse and key players. But let me say two things about this. One, there are trade-offs regardless of you know whichever input that you, that that you choose, right? And you choose it, so deal with the consequences of that, right? There are trade-offs, yep. and there should be, right? There are going to be things that controller does, like you said, better, and things that mouse and key do better. And the other thing is they always want to talk about aim assist, but they never want to actually admit the fact that, first of all, Call of Duty is probably the lowest skill-selling game there is as far as first-person shooters out on the market, okay? Facts. As such, the majority of the player base likely doesn't even know how to use aim assist properly anyway. (laughs) So what difference does it make? And you and I know this to be true because you can tell a difference between watching the elites, at, like the CDL guys, yeah. and just normal people. I'm working on learning how to use the aim assist properly. I don't even use it right, especially the rotational aim assist. And, you know, it just, I don't know. It To me, it's just a fruitless argument because I feel like one side is a little more disingenuous than the other. Like, I admit that, yeah, aim assist, probably does suck for mouse and key. But at the end of the day, like you said earlier, if you take that away, controller player will never, ever win another engagement ever. And I also will tell you, so one solution that I've seen is this, just go to input-based lobbies. A, they can't do that. Can you imagine the queue times for that? Because the majority of the players on Call of Duty are what? Controller players. But B, I don't think that mouse and key players genuinely want that. You know what they want? They want to be able to take away the one advantage that controller players have and then continue to shit on them. It's the same thing we talked about with the SBMM and the sweats always complaining that, you know, their games are always sweaty and they wish they didn't have to sweat. They don't turn that shit off. So, you you know what I mean? It's the same thing. And I, I think it's just a disingenuous argument by... A majority of the people that I see in these comments on my tweet, which that tweet actually um, has gotten like three, as of 350,000, 340,000 right now. It was at less than 200 this morning. Yeah. yeah so you're like 198. Well. So you're it's funny. You, you, you just say one thing about mouse and key players. And it's like they <laughs> come out of everywhere. Bro. Triggered. Yeah, pretty much. But but yeah, I'm you know, I'm glad we've had that conversation. Like I, you know, again, I get the benefits of being on controller, but there are also let's not act like mouse and key has no benefits either. And that uh, you know, the I majority of one, the benefits I, are to mouse and key. I posted I posted a clip uh, this morning and it was it was a mouse and key player who just absolutely just trashed on a team. And it's like you look at the snap like her ability to like jump in there and absolutely dominate them is a hundred percent because she played to the strengths of her mouse and key and the, and the guys that she fought against were, were not very good. Um, so, you know, two, two advantages, but like the way that she played it was, was phenomenal. I mean, she just, they didn't know she was there until she was downing them. And, uh, and so, 
you know, I, I think the problem is that if, look, we're never going to have split inputs. We're ne- again, we're never going to have like split input lobbies again. We're never going to have split, you know, system lobbies again. Well, you know, after this year, I guarantee they're going to just get rid of console only lobbies. Like right now, the only people that can do it are PlayStation and they're going to take that away. Like I guarantee they take that away because Microsoft doesn't want that. Right. Um, they want as many people in every lobby as possible. And this was the problem back in the day of like PC COD would die off a lot faster because it has a smaller player base. You know, it used to have a smaller player base. So we have to figure out how, you know, people that want to play mouse and key have to figure out how to play mouse and key the way that COD wants you to play. And look, I think the game could use some balancing in terms of like giving them more options. Um, You know, like the car 98 was a great mouse and key game, you know, play. But all things considered, you know, I, I, I think the the issue is all generally is coming down to the mouse and key players are not playing to their strengths, and that's the problem. Well, the other thing too, I you know, I do want to acknowledge something that, that our friend Lipe has mentioned too, being on mouse and key is you know, the previous title, like there was all the visual clutter while they're trying to shoot mm-hmm. and not being able to see your target. And then on this one, some of the iron sights are pretty trash. So, yeah. you know, which makes it a little difficult for mouse and key. So I feel their pain on that kind of stuff for sure. I just, the thing that sets me off is, is like you have one disadvantage and that's what you're bitching about. Yet you wouldn't mind if they took that away and you had all the advantages over the controller players. So, you know, like I, I don't, I'm I'm not going there. Yep. No, I think but, uh, you know, I I think for the people that are good at mouse and key, and I you know I've seen quite a few of them that it, the aim assist doesn't bother them. They know to stay outside of the you know as best they can. They 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 avoid those point blank fights and they 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 do well. So, but um, but yeah, I think we're uh, you know we're hitting a hitting about the end of our list of topics. You know, we could harp on this one all day, but <laughs> I know, right? Um, you know, we uh I think we're at that spot where you know, we're in a good we're in a good position, I think, in this game overall. You know, I, these these little these little tiffs between mouse, you know, between inputs being what they are. I think at the end of the day we've got a really good uh we've got a really good place in the game and I, I think this year of Warzone is going to be, it's going to be one of the best. That's that's what I'm feeling. What about you? I I think so too, man. I think so too. I think there's a lot of, um, you, you know, I'm naturally a glass half full kind of guy anyway. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot to look forward to about this game. I can't wait to see what ranked multiplayer looks like. What ranked, um, you know, wars, especially ranked Warzone. Um, you know, I'm ready to start that grind and and everything. But yep. you know. I'm going to go ahead and take us out of here unless you got anything else and um, take us home. All right. Well, you've been listening to episode 17 of the slightly above average gaming podcast. I'm J 7 TV along with my, uh, my partner in crime, my co-host sub one KD. Uh, We've covered aim assist, keyboard and mouse, the state of war zone, the holiday event, um, all of those things. So um, we, we really appreciate you taking the time to listen. Yep. All right. You guys have a good day. This has been Sub One Kitty, along with J007TV and the Slightly Above Average Gaming Podcast. 
we're logging off now, so we'll see you next time.